overthink impact. We overthink making a difference. We overthink doing the work when really it's about picking yourself. Pick yourself. Writers write. What is it that you want to do? Are you doing the work? I've always felt immense fear. I was born with several problems. I have always felt small. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. Hey, my friends, welcome to today's episode of Fidget Friday. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host. And today, y'all, we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking real talk about being a creative, about pursuing your dreams, your visions, and feeling like I am not making any progress. I'm not making any progress. I'm working so hard. I'm doing so many things. Where the hell's Oprah? Where's CNN? Where's CBS? Where's Good Morning America? How come I'm not getting any results from this work? Have you ever felt that way? You know, sometimes people are like, oh, you're doing so good. You're doing, be proud of the small wins. And you're like, listen, I don't need small wins. I need some big wins because <laughs> this stuff is hard. I really hope that this episode is so encouraging to you. I had a, uh, a friend, a listener, someone who has... Uh, just been a part of our tribe for a very long time, tagged me in a post up on the Facebooks. And I asked her if she would be willing for me to share it with you. It's a, it's a, it's her story. And I thought it was so applicable to all of us. And if it's okay with you, we're going to just do a little story time with Heather. Okay. So I want you to grab a cup of coffee. I need you to grab your tea. Well, I need you to take, get rid of your tea, throw that crap out, grab some coffee. Cause that's the real stuff and snuggle in and listen to this story that was generously shared to us from Megan Starbuck. Now, Megan Starbuck is an author, and she's also a facilitator of a group on Facebook called How to Be a Writer. And I'm in the group because I support Megan, but I'm not a writer, y'all. I talk on a podcast. But she shared this status. Listen in. She shared an episode that I had posted uh, several weeks ago called Your Secret Weapon. It was a previous Fidget Friday, and she shared it with her group. And this is what she said about it. She said, in this episode, Heather Parody describes my life as a writer, minus being a single mom. Now, to catch you guys up, let's play a little clip from that episode of what Megan is talking about. Let me give you an example. Let's say you want to be a writer. There's a lot of writers out there. I'm not a good writer. I can't even spell. But let's just say (laughs) you out there listening, you want to be a writer, uh, but you don't have a network of people to, you know, pass your name on to these huge publishers. You're a quote, nobody in this industry. You don't have a following. You don't have a fan base. Heck, you don't even have a good computer. Let's say your laptop sucks. Like, let's just bring you down to the core. This is hard. You don't even have the internet. Let's say, I mean, let's just, let's just make this a really bad situation. You want to be a writer. I'm having fun with this. (laughs) You don't have anyone in your network. You don't even have a good computer. Your laptop sucks and you don't even have the internet at your house. So you have to drive over to this 
Starbucks and you don't even like Starbucks, which I don't even know how that was possible, but let's just say you didn't. You don't even like Starbucks and you have to go over there. Let I me mean, let's just say all odds are literally stacked against you. And let's say you only have 30 minutes to write every day because maybe you're a single mom and that's the time frame you have. I mean, like, let's just think of a really difficult situation here. What would most people not do in this situation? I think most people would just throw in the towel and say, you know what? 30 minutes isn't enough time. Uh, this little blog of mine isn't worth it. But they'll tell you one thing that you do have in your favor, my friend, is consistency. All right, now that we're caught up, let's get back into Megan's story. She said, in this episode, Heather Perry describes my life as a writer, minus being a single mom. Last night, I got pretty sad that I didn't start my career as an author as soon as I graduated high school. I didn't have a laptop all through college. I thought I was the normal one and my friends were all weird for having a laptop when there were free computers on campus. I also had plenty of paper and pens. I did a ton of writing. People thought I was doing homework. Sometimes I was because I was an English major, but more often I was writing letters or journaling. I could write a good short story, but didn't feel like I had what it took to be an author. And really, no one taught me that. My English classes taught me grammar and how to think about stories and books, but they didn't show me how to sit down and write a book, how to outline it, where to start, how to stay motivated, how to find people to actually read my work. My college years were still good preparation, and I learned a lot, but they also left me in $25,000 of debt. I worked 24 hours, four days a week at a camp for special needs as my first full-time job ever. That January, I told my mom, that's the one thing I know I'm not called to because I'm scared I will hurt the people because I don't know what I'm doing. And now I see God in the corner snickering. This camp was so desperate for staff in order to keep the two-to-one ratio that they hired me anyway. I drove 15 hours by myself to Dallas after living in that same small town in Georgia since I've been born, besides college, which was an hour and a half away. They trained us for a couple of weeks and off we went. This job provided me a place to sleep, usually with 12 other people in the room. Hello, introverted author's nightmare. Food to eat and $165 a week. But I still had no laptop. I wrote in my journal. I guess I did some writing on the phone. Mostly during this time of my life, I lived some good stories rather than writing them. And I learned what I was capable of. My next job provided twice as much money, a room to myself with a shared bathroom and kitchen in only 12-hour days. My student loans began shrinking as I put most of my paycheck towards them. My next job provided twice as much money and again, a tarp to sleep under and skills for a hobby I always wanted to try, backpacking. But obviously, no internet. I was back to 24-hour days, but it was one week on, one week off. Lastly, I became a full-time nanny of four while living with my mom. That's a lot of moving and job applications in three years. But I finally paid off my loans. Then it was time to buy tires for my car, replace my broken glasses, and start some sort of savings. So off to work I went again. But this time, I had a hand-me-down laptop from my mom when she bought a new one. I started a blog. 
I worked part-time jobs so I could focus on the blog. I was the most inconsistent blogger ever on the day-to-day level. I didn't write a blog post every week. Sometimes I didn't even write a blog post every month. I listened to podcasts and took courses and went to conferences until I was crazy. I felt like I was going nowhere. Like this was the slowest progress ever. Like I was chasing 50 rabbits and not catching any of them. I started an email list, social media pages and groups, and I even had a podcast long before Heather did. I had someone else set it up, so I didn't even know how to upload the next episodes. I think I did three total. Then I was on to the next thing the gurus were telling me. I paid for $400 and $1,500 courses. I even built courses that flopped. I pitched guest posts and even landed a few. I made connections with other bloggers. I joined Heather's first mastermind. In the midst of all this, I moved in with my dad to care for him in the last few months before his alcoholism cost him his life at age 60. Somewhere in there, I still made myself write every now and then. Suddenly, I had a chunk of writing large enough to fill a book. I knew which posts had resonated with people the most. I put it together, created a cover, and launched it to the world. That's when everyone saw me as an author. But I had written down three years previously, I am a writer, as one of those weird things that the professionals were telling me to do. Once I admitted it to myself, I gave myself permission to start acting like a writer more. I read books without feeling lazy, like I should be producing content or finding clients. Writers read. I took the time away from the computer to write on paper again. Writers write, and they enjoy it. But now I see that I was an author all along. I was taking baby step after freaking baby step to get to this point where I am where I could publish a book. I learned, I read, I wrote, I worked, I paid bills. I had lived an interesting life that gave me the stuff to write about. I started blogging once I could. I persisted. But you know what? I did not feel like I was persistent. I felt like I was ready to give up every other month. I felt like I was wasting my time. I've wanted to be an author since fifth grade, but I also wanted to be a missionary, a photographer, an outdoor worker, a singer. And guess what? I've done all those things too. So it took me 18 years to publish my book from the first time I said I wanted to be an author. But that doesn't change the fact that I am living the life of my dreams. And honestly, While I was paying off my loans, I was living my dreams then too. None of them were as fast as I wanted or as easy, but they've all been awesome. And the journey isn't over. Consistency over the months and years will pay off. It wasn't what I thought it would look like. I thought I should type beautiful prose or at least something every day to be an author. I do a lot more of that now. But if I hadn't been consistent in paying off my loans or getting rid of the clutter so that I could make the time and the space in my life for more writing... I wouldn't be as consistent now with my writing. Being consistent in the things that got me to where I could focus on my writing, even though they seem like they didn't have anything to do with writing, that was my job as the author at the time. Clearing the path to be the author was an act an author would do. It's what other authors have done. It's what we do. Maybe it's what you're doing right now. Stay consistent. Stay persistent. You are an author. Now, I wanted to share this with you guys. First of all, I got a lot of thoughts. Can you believe it? I have a lot of thoughts about this. Megan, thank you so much for sharing that with your community, uh, being vulnerable and open and honest about the struggles of being an author. And listen, I, I, I want you guys to not think about this in terms of being an author, because maybe you're not an author. Maybe you are a business owner. Maybe you are a painter. Maybe you're doing something else completely outside of the box of what most people are doing. And sometimes you feel so frustrated because you don't see 
the results to your work, or maybe it's taking so much longer than, than you wish it would. Let me return back to a few things that Megan said that really stood out to me. Number one, she talked about the time where she lived good stories rather than writing them. Now, this is a really, really interesting point because uh, most of you know that I have been taking acting classes and learning a lot about the entertainment industry just to broaden my communication skills. And uh, I just think it's fun. Can we just be honest? (laughs) It's just a lot of fun. And one of the things that um, I'm learning from that world that I think was so applicable to uh, kind of entrepreneurial pursuits is we need to create an interesting life to add flavor to our work. And I was just telling Brian this uh, earlier today. I said, I've got to just get out of my office sometimes and, and go explore and do some things because I feel like my work is getting so bland because I'm not pulling from life experiences to add into my work. So I love that Megan talked about, you know, she she was a writer and she felt like all these activities were pulling her away from writing, but these activities were actually giving her context, things to actually write about one day. All things work together for the good. I absolutely love this. Another thing that she said that I wanted to mention was she talked about all these experiences and all these little writings that she had and all these little blogs. She said that she had enough writing to fill a book and she knew which posts had resonated with people the most. She put it together, created a cover, and launched it to the world. I was reading in a book the other day. It was uh, Pam from The Office, Jenna Fisher. She wrote a book about acting, and she talked about how sometimes we do all these small little projects, and they seem so insignificant at the time. But she talked about filing them away in your filing cabinet. Like, do that project finish it and file it away in your filing cabinet. What will happen one day is you'll open your quote filing cabinet and you're going to have all these projects, all these things that you could either compile, put together like Megan did and present to the world. Or sometimes you'll pull that project out that you did years and years ago and it will have purpose and meaning now and you can actually use it. And so again, don't disregard these small little things that that you've worked so hard on because you never know when you can use them in the future. Another thing she said that I really loved and I wanted to drive home was she talked about writers write. (laughs) Now this should go without saying, but we wait, we wait, we wait for someone to give us permission to do the work that we're called to do. And I talked about this last week or the week before, I believe, but take the freaking initiative to do what you feel called to do. If I, if you are an author, what do authors do? Do they sit around and look around and wait for somebody to say, hey, you know, will you do something with this writing? No, they take the initiative to write stuff, whether people read it or not. If you are a filmmaker, Are you going to sit and complain and gripe that nobody's paying you to make films? Or are you going to take your crap camera from your iPhone and are you going to make stuff? Make stuff. What is it that you want to do? I want to help youth, but I don't have a, you know, a a way to do that. Go find a youth. Go to Walmart and help a youth. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like we overthink impact. We overthink making a difference. We overthink doing the work when really it's about picking yourself. Pick yourself. Writers write. What is it that you want to do? Are you doing the work? We have to take on the identity of who we want to become. One day I want to be this. 
Cool. Stop saying that and say that you are this. What would that person do? I want to be a world-renowned figure skater, but you don't get on the ice. A world-renowned figure skater would skate every freaking day. Well, I'm not one. I don't have a coach. I don't have anything. Cool. You're never going to get one until you start acting like one. Do you not understand? Like that's That's the crazy part about it. That's the crazy part about it is we almost have to see ourselves as something that the rest of the world may not see just yet. And that's kind of a crappy, I mean, like that's, it's weird. It's weird that you have to do that, but you have to like internally go there, you know, like step out in order to become. So I take on that identity before I see it. And that's how I end up seeing it because I had the guts to take it on before I should, before the world said I should. Another thing that she said, she talked about being persistent and how she didn't feel like she was being persistent at the time when she was doing all this, you know, going through this process years and years and years, writing on this side. It was very sloppy and doing all this work. It didn't feel like that she was making a lot of progress. Now, I, I know how that feels because I've felt that so much and I'm, I'm sure you have too, where you, you feel like you're working towards something, but it's like, am I even, if I'm, am I wasting my time? And that's why I think it's so important to take time to reflect back how far you've come on things. I actually, I know this sounds crazy, but I actually, when something good happens, when I'm proud of something, I actually write it down and I keep it on a list. That way, when I feel discouraged, like, oh my God, I should be further than I am. You know, I can look back and say like, okay, let's be grateful for what's happened so far. Let's be grateful for the blogs we have written, for the episodes we have produced, for the you know, work that I have sold for the client that I did book for this. You know what I mean? Like, like be super grateful for what we have cultivated and attracted in our lives and what God has given us as opposed to constantly dwelling on like, oh, I should be further. I should be further because energetically what happens is we come from a place of lack and fear as opposed to a place of life and abundance where we can attract in the goodness that is to come. And so again, it's a mind thing. All this is a mind thing. Side note, side note, alert, alert. It's all a mind thing. But even when you don't feel like it, that is why it's so important to stop, pause and say like, mm, what up self? Let's go there. Let's choose to think higher. Let's choose to think higher. What else? Lastly, and I'll stop talking after this, is... <laughs> You know, she said my favorite word. She said my favorite word. What's my favorite? I'm sorry. What's my favorite word? Consistency. Consistency. In this story, it took Megan, I believe what she said, what, 18 years? 18, yeah, 18 years to publish her book. But she was consistent. She didn't let go. She didn't become bitter. She didn't say, well, screw it. It didn't take one year. Screw it. It took three years. Screw it. It took five. This girl took 18 years to write her first book and she held in. Was it perfect? No. Was it messy? Yes. Was she consistent in her identity? I am a writer. Yes. Do you have that grit to hang in and hang on that long? Consistency is the most unsexy thing in the world to talk about. It's boring. It's so boring. It's like watching paint dry on a wall. That's why you have to love your work. That's why you have to keep vision. That's why you have to have something bigger than yourself, a vision that scares you, something that you can clearly hold on to, that you can see. I mean, have you taken the time to just completely daydream and see the impact that you're called to make and see the faces and see the result and know and like feel that? What does it feel like? If it takes you 
years and years and years, is it worth it? Are you looking for a quick fix? Are you looking for like immediate gratification? You know what I mean? Or are you willing to put in the work and do the long game for the kind of impact that you can see? And that takes vision. It takes vision, seeing something clearly. What is that for you? How can you be more consistent in your work? How can you stay persistent? How can you stay into step into the identity that you know you're called to be? I am so grateful for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. Find me on social at Heather Parody. Let me know what you think of this. Connect with Megan. Megan, thank you for sharing this with us. You can find her on Facebook. Uh, her group is called How to Be a Writer. She's Megan Starbuck, awesome human. All right, my friends, that is all I have for you. Make sure you connect with us on Facebook as well, Unconventional Leaders. We'd love to have you a part of our community. Freaking amazing. I love you guys. I'm in your corner, and we'll see you in the next episode.